We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to No yo, Other yo. Pod, another hashtag victory pod after Sporting KC outlast the Vancouver Whitecaps in the knockout round of 16 of the MLS Draft Tournament. He's Dan, right. and I am Jimmy. Dan, what's up, my friend? Not much, man. Not much. Another week, another victory, uh, another another press conference with players and coaches and uh, same old questions being asked to those players. Uh, I don't know if you watched that today, but uh, did you watch those, by the way? I, I sometimes. I didn't watch okay. it today. I've been working, and so, you know. Best thing in the world, we won't touch on this at all, but some lady, and I think it's the same lady you said you knew who I was talking about. Yeah. She goes, <laughs> I can't even get through it. She says something to Johnny Russell, and she goes, hey, Johnny, like to start her question, and it's like an awkwardly long six-second pause, like, Johnny waiting, doesn't acknowledge the hello. Waiting for him she, to be like, oh, hello. Yeah, hello. Good to hear from you again. But it's just not a pause. And she's like, oh, I guess I'll ask my question. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not how this Phenomenal. works. But um, at least she didn't ask him if he was ready to jump out of his room because he had COVID or something. My God, that that's question. That was, I just was like, Jesus. Bro, it's just there's, second nature now. There's there's some of these people who who they show up to cover Sporting Kansas City on very, very rare occasion. Like it's like their outlets send them to, to cover sporting KC like once sure. or twice a year when they need something. So they're like, and, I should probably do a quick Google search to see who I'm talking to today. Right. And it's all these people like, you know, I'm not trying to be like highbrow soccer man over here. Like I know so much more about <laughs> soccer than you do, but like you can always tell, especially Peter, like when people ask questions and they very clearly don't know what they're talking about, it, it drives them crazy. Yeah. And for the most part, the people, I mean, like pretty much everybody that shows up as regular media for, for Sporting KC games, like we piss off Peter in various ways every now and then, but, but it's very rarely that anybody asks a question where Peter clearly is like, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. But when it's, right. when it's these, okay, and oftentimes they're, they're like TV news reporters for like, you know, various different stations or whatnot. Um, and I'm not talking like Danny Welney hacker or any of them, like those people, like they're into sports. They, they know what they're talking about. They've played sports, but it's, it. it's some of the other, 
um, reporters that don't typically cover sports as much. So it's really not necessarily their fault. They're just sent to an assignment that they probably just don't have the knowledge for. But I just sure when it's when they ask these questions, I'm just like, my God. Peter got a question in the post game, which was, uh, you know, what do you attribute, you know, the the great performance tonight? And he was like, great coaching. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I love it. And then he kind of, you know, but he, there was a pause to what's like, oh, damn, he's serious. Does he mean it? <laughs> and then like, then he kind of chuckled and it's like, man, I need you to chuckle a little, a little quicker because I thought you were for real. He's, he's super funny. So I, I, I know somebody um, who is, is in the bubble and this person was, was talking about Peter the other day. They're like, Peter, Peter's just walking around in flip flops and shorts and, and like a t-shirt with his sunglasses on. Like they're like, he's, he's a total like Florida vibe going on right now. Like he's like chill. on vacay. Yeah. You, you, you have a direct contact in the bubble right now I, I i know somebody who's there is it the mls COVID insider on twitter it, i have theories about who that is but i as far as i know it's not but that'd well, be hilarious that, if it was that twitter account's dumb now because there's yeah. no other things well, going on so i think yeah i think there's a place for twitter accounts like that if and this is a big if they are responsible in what they tweet now, I think it could have been a very useful account and it started out potentially useful, but it's, I mean, it's, it's boy who cried wolf. You cry wolf too many times and eventually people are going to stop believing you. And so like, just because you hear one thing and passing from one person doesn't mean it's necessarily indicative of how every player in the bubble feels or how everything is happening. And I think sometimes with accounts like that, they hear one thing that might be true of one person, but it's you can't then take that and anonymously tweet it and say this is how all the players in the bubble are feeling when that's not the case no that's true so that's true man but uh you know another week another win another uh game on the horizon for us to talk about and uh yeah you another review though for the podcast let's hear it let me give it to you uh brent green posted this and I, i immediately thought like is that you trent green yeah, it's, it's very clear. Trent Green listens to our podcast, and this is just his his pseudonym that will throw people off the scent. Yeah, I was like, what the hell, Trent? Why did it take you so long to leave a review, Trent? But uh, Brent Green, <laughs> I put quotes on it. Uh, great podcast, five stars. I look forward to this podcast each week. Two friends having a fun discussion about a great sport and great team. I travel on business and listen to several podcasts each week. This is one of the best. I like hearing the fan perspective and the occasional cuss word, smiley face. <laughs> Keep up the good work, guys. You've got a good thing going. Good shit. That's great shit. Uh, you should have <laughs> said you've got a good fucking thing going. Yeah, that would have been funny. <laughs> uh, dude, that's high praise. We haven't had a review in a while because yeah. everyone's left them. You can't leave multiple ones because yeah. that'd be legit. Yeah. But thank you, Brent. Brent, Trent. We know who you are. That's good stuff. Yeah, we appreciate that. If you have not yet left a review and you're one of our listeners, please go leave a five-star rating and review. Uh, it helps us get found by other Sporting KC fans, other soccer fans. The more reviews you leave for us, the more when people search Sporting KC or MLS in the podcast uh, players, we're more likely to pop up. So Right, and if, if this is your first episode you're listening to, uh, just go to uh, last couple of weeks where we have Tim Mille on, all right? Mm-hmm. It's a pretty big deal. We're kind of a big deal, so... <laughs> <laughs> let us know as such 
undefeated goalkeeper Tim Melia. No, we uh, we're we're very grateful. Uh, shutout streak, Tim Melia. Right. We're we're very we're very grateful that um, we've been able to have some some players on and and some staff members and, and media members like Nate Bucati and and you know we're um, I, I just like saying this every so often because I'm kind of amazed occasionally at like where this has gone to so far in the you know almost three years now coming up on three years that we've been doing this but like we just started out as a couple of dudes who just started recording their pod or their their conversations about sporting kc because we didn't have anything better to do and it's grown into something that i don't think either of us necessarily knew it would turn into so we're we're just very a couple of guys very humbled by all of your support and and very grateful that we're able to have a, a connection with some of the players and hopefully that will uh, continue for a long time into the future well, you might so. want to take over this podcast because I'm severing connections over here. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> on that note, Dan is leaving. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but uh, people come because they know your name. They leave because they know mine. <laughs> I, I don't think that's true. I think, you know, we're a uh, we're good balance of each other. So if I try to do what you, would, what, you, what you do for the pod, it would be a disaster. So uh, And same, technical man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the MLS's back tournament and this Sporting KC yeah. victory over the Vancouver Whitecaps because uh, I think uh, we went into this knowing this is a knockout round, do or die, win or go home. And I think people, maybe myself included, underestimated the Vancouver Whitecaps a, a little bit. And I, I hesitate saying that because I actually don't think they played very well at all outside of right. their goalkeeper, Thomas Hassall. Um, you want to hear want to hear my top three plot lines going into this? Sure. You could you could separate them into one hell of a research paper here. First one, holy shit, that kid's got a great future, mm-hmm. Thomas Hassall. Mm-hmm. And and also the the announcers wouldn't stop, you know, kissing his ass. They, they wouldn't <laughs> shut the hell another, up. You had another phrase in mind. I was gonna say thanks, but I was like, let's not get <laughs> let's not get super dirty. But uh, second second thing, Johnny Russell's back. Johnny Russell's on one. Was he, was he scoring goals? No. But was he super mad when he got subbed out later on? Yes, because he knew, like, oh, my God, I've got more in me. Like, he was just – he was feeling it, dude. I don't know if he can only play games after midnight, but that is what he was feeling. Third one, Graham Smith should have had three goals. Yeah. Oh, my God. He kept getting on the end of those balls, and I'm like, bro, you are a hero, and you win that game. Yeah. Those are the top three things for me. I don't know. Uh, those are just what really stood out and, and made me mem- remember it when it was damn near one in the morning. Yeah. So, I mean, I look, if you look at the betting line, Fox kept saying this, so you couldn't get away from it. But Vancouver you couldn't was hear Fox, by the way, because of the piped-in crowd noise. <laughs> My God, the sound mixing was awful. And I hate crowd noise. I think people know by now that I strongly dislike the fake crowd noise. It like it hurts my brain almost because I'm like there's no crowd there to be doing this. It, I cannot my brain cannot like reconcile the fact that there's all this cheering and chanting and zero fans in sight. And it's even right. worse when there's not even stands there to pretend like there's fans there. They're like just passing the ball around just fundamentally, and the fans are like, oh, right. like someone. <laughs> and, well, and and it's interesting because like in order to do it, Fox literally has to have somebody there live sound mixing the game because you can't just play a recorded track of, of fans at a game because then literally nothing will match up if goals are scored and whenever they recorded the games like they go crazy so like there's somebody there who's got like a soundboard who's literally like 
oh, something's exciting happening. Put put the fan excitement up. Oh, okay, boo, ref, bad decision. Like, you know, I just, I don't like it. So then into it. I tried to go watch the natural sound feed, which I think maybe, did you watch it for a little bit? Yeah, but you lose the announcers, which it's like, okay, it's Stu Holden. Like, that's not a huge loss, but I kind of <laughs> like to hear what they're saying just so, like, I don't want to say it influences my takes on the podcast, right? but I think it, it I don't want to copy takes. I mean, it's the same, same reason I listen to Talking Touches. Do I always agree with what they're saying? No. Do I always like them? Absolutely not. But I, <laughs> I listen to them, so I'm not repeating some of that stuff accidentally. You know what I mean? Right. Well, be and, called out like you were. And, <laughs> and, and it, uh, yeah. And it, uh, it helps you get to know the, the, the players for the other team better because like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I sit here and on site know who every single Vancouver Whitecaps player is. I mean, I could, yeah. I could do the announcing for the Sporting KC, the Sporting KC side of things. I know every player on Sporting KC just on site. I don't need the announcers to tell me who they are, but I don't know who all the Vancouver Whitecaps players are, especially when they're big players, Freddie Montero, uh, Lucas Cavallini, um, all of their strikers <laughs> didn't come to the tournament. So, um, uh, do you know who Ali Adnan is and how he doesn't know how to take a corner kick? Apparently, I do know who Ali Adnan. He he wasn't playing left back really in this game, but he's actually one of the better left backs in MLS. So yeah, but he's I, kind I of a little know. beat. Like yeah. ref is like, please make it touch the line of the corner box, yeah. and he's like, it is, and we're we're on TV. Like, no, it's not. This was like in the 40th minute. They were already time wasting. Wasn't it earlier than that? It might have been. It was. It was far too early. There was a lot of shit housery going on, as I like to say. I was um, like, just stop. I don't like you at all. Yeah. It. I just. I don't know. I. Sorry, um, I keep interrupting you and derailing you. I'm, I just got so no, heated. I got passionate. <laughs> but anyway, Fox said that Vancouver was a plus nine hundred underdog, which I don't know how many of you are gambling degenerates out there, but plus nine hundred means if you bet a hundred dollars, you will win. $900 in winnings back. So your payout would be $1,000 total net profit of 900. What's that mean is, when there's a minus then? That means that like if it's minus 200, you have to bet $200 to win $100 profit. Oh. So like a minus is for the favorite. Typically a plus is for the underdog. Now, soccer is a little bit weirder because there's also draws. And then sometimes it's not necessarily there's one minus and one plus. It could be that you know, a, a Seattle win is at minus 110 and a, a LAFC win is at minus 125 and a draw is at, you know, minus 150 or I don't know, something like that. But basically it's just, if it's minus, it means you have to pay whatever the minus amount is to win a hundred bucks. If it's plus, you have to pay a hundred bucks to win whatever the plus amount is. So in other words, plus 900 is a massive, 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 massive underdog. Nobody thought Vancouver would win this, given that their roster was kind of as depleted as it was. They did not have a full uh, bench available, and they did not have a second goalkeeper. Ali Adnan was their emergency backup goalkeeper in this game. And yeah, that, I, was, I really wanted to see that. It almost happened. Hassal got kicked in the back of the head at one point, and he was down for a while. I know. If he wasn't getting kicked in the head, he was running his head into cameras. Uh, <laughs> that was funny. If you pause that, like right after it happens, he's like looking at the camera, like I will kill you. Right. It's like one of those like wrong with you? record scratch freeze frames. You're probably wondering how I got here type situations. <laughs> um, oh man. But yeah, no. I mean, right out the gate, Sporting KC came out hot. 
like as far as um, pressure goes. Sporting KC won possession for the game overall, 63 to 37. Uh, but I mean, it's pretty we, good. All know, we all know the shot statistics, 37 shots to eight for Vancouver. Now on target, it's a little closer, eight to five. But Sporting KC was just firing on all cylinders right from the get-go. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what you were thinking, but I'm certainly watching this game for the first 15, 20 minutes, and I'm like, there's no way we don't find the net at some point, like in theory. But Yeah, it felt like it was coming, dude. You're just like, come on. You can't even buy a goal. Like, it's it's got to happen. Yeah, I mean, it all, like, the first real good chance for, for Sporting KC um, started around, I want to say, like the 18th minute. Uh, yeah, 18th minute, Zussi chipped a ball into the box. Gadi Kinda was at the far post. He kind of chests it down. Uh, and, and Hassal, this was his first kind of pretty good reaction save. He had to dive to his right, saved it pretty quickly. Good job, kid, you know, reaction skills. Two minutes later, in, in the 20th minute, uh, Sporting KC had another opportunity. Again, this was a Roger rocket. This was the one where Roger fired this on a laser. And normally when Roger does that, is 27 yards above the net. This one was on frame. Yeah, he so, felt real damn confident right away. He was like, "That's I'm just going to take this right now. Yeah, so he was, I mean, Hassal right off the bat was doing pretty well. Um, it wasn't until about the 40th minute where Vancouver got their first real chance, and they had two back-to-back. There was a counter. Um, Vancouver shot it on frame. Tim pushed the ball over the top bar. And then literally like a minute later, Vancouver got another shot off. That was a knuckler. Tim pushed it over the top bar again. And it was about at that point, halftime, 0-0. Vancouver just had a couple of good opportunities off of a counter. I started to get a little nervous because this started to remind me of old Sporting Casey games. It was starting to get scary, man. And you're just thinking like, okay, yes, you got Tim in goal. You think you'll be okay in penalties, but it's still a 50-50 scratch and penalties like you don't want to go there but at times it happens yeah yeah it's um I I tweeted at one point during the game and I don't remember exactly at what point it was but it was it was obviously still zero zero and I was like it was something along the lines of like you know Sporting KC fans are no stranger to the type of game where Sporting KC shoots like 35 times, looks like they should score, can't buy a goal, and then somehow either don't score or give up a late winner to the other team and and lose a game that they absolutely should have dominated. And I was like, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I am saying I'd really like Sporting KC to score a goal. And it just never came. It's insane that we had like 500% the shot opportunities that they had. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Just killed it. If you look at the XG for the game, which it's been a while since we talked about XG, if you're not familiar with what XG is, it's expected goals. Um, I'm sure most of you are, but it's an advanced stat that basically says, based on all the shots that were taken on the field, this is what the expected amount of goals that would be scored for the team is. Um, and they assign a value. It's a, it's a decimal value to each shot on the field. I don't, even penalties don't have a 1.0 value. I think penalties have like a 0.8 value because it's about 80% of the time penalties are scored. So, but the XG at the end of the game was Sporting KC XG 3.21, Vancouver Whitecaps 0.33. So essentially what that's saying is, you know, all things considered, Sporting KC should have won this game 3-0, which feels about right. 
Maybe. Yeah, at it least. Felt right. I, I just told you Graham Smith should have had like three goals. Got Gotti Kinda had one headed down that was miraculously saved. I mean, mm-hmm. all the right things were happening. It just it didn't happen. And I gotta tell you, you're gonna have to put those goals away come Thursday. I mean, because yeah. Philadelphia is no Vancouver. You know, uh, uh, Andre Blake is no rookie. Right. Johnny Russell in the 47th minute almost chested one into the net off the box. Yeah. It was kind of off a deflection again. Almost Hassel, looked like a handball. Almost looked like it hit his bicep or something. Was I was close. worried about it. It was close, but Hassal kind of Superman to his right and punched that thing away. Um, That's a long kid. He's got some long legs and arms. Yeah, Zusi, 49th minute, wide open, gorgeous uh, trap to bring the ball down. Fired it right at Hassal and again stopped it. Tough Hassel, angle. Tough, tough Easy. angle. Um, Easy Hassel. stop. I'm not. I'm not crediting him with some miraculous thing there. Okay, he can. He can shut up. Well, well, he he did uh, what Tyler Miller did not do, and he kept <laughs> kept the near shut post covered instead of Tyler Miller, who was like, "I'm going to go back to the other post." Oh shoot, Kyrie's going to just take the shot that I gave him. Yep. Um, I don't know. There, were, I mean, there was free kick opportunities. Um, there was one. This is the moment that was the scariest moment for me. 54th minute. Uh, Vancouver has the ball. Ali Adnan is kicking a free kick. He sends it into the box. It's not very threatening. The ball's kind of bouncing around. Some Vancouver player just kind of shoots it back. It deflects off of, I think, Graham Smith and bounced like two inches wide of the post. Tim was nowhere near it because it deflected the exact opposite way he was going. But it's that type of stuff that like just takes one of those and doesn't matter if you outshoot him him 37 to five or whatever. That's game over. You know, Adnan... Adnan had a good uh, free kick as well that was like low and to the right post. And uh, Tim made it look easy. But at the time, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, That's not an easy ball to save. Yeah. 90th minute was, was one of the, the free headers that Graham Smith had that you talked about that he should have finished. Dude, and he knows it. He even tweeted about it. I think he said something like, you know, head it down. Head it down. Yeah. <laughs> He tweeted about it. He, he was asked about it, too, in a Kansas City Star article that I'm going to talk about yep. here. In just Press a conference bit. today as well. He, he was just like uh, – he, he, like, interrupted the person answering the question and was like – he said, now listen, <laughs> like what Peter does before <laughs> yeah. he's about to lay some knowledge on you. He's like, I should have had an assist to Johnny. I should have had a goal. Like, it's – could have changed that game. Yeah. And, I mean, he's right. And so, on, I actually like that because I like – especially for a young player, I like them sort of – not trying to make excuses, but taking responsibility for what should have happened and knowing I can do better and I expect myself to do better. He was even asked about Beasler, and he was just like, you know, I, in my career, I want to be in this position, so I've worked hard to be here. He didn't even, like, address Beasler. Like, what a shitty question to, to put down the person in front of you. Yeah, that's not fair. And, you know, we had a couple of questions. You know, um, Eric Martinez, one of our, our listeners, said – is Beasler in the Peter Vermees doghouse? Right. Conspiracy um, another, theories, right? Another listener, Craft Punk, Beasler conspiracy theories. Uh, Travis said, "What's up with Beasler?" So, like everybody, and and it's a fair question. Like, Beasler's the captain. Like, what's right. going on? I'll give him a call now, Peter. If you look at some of the quotes he said, you know, he said things like, "Graham's got his shot because." You know, we had an accumulation of games early on for different players, so I wanted to freshen up the lineup. But he was like, but more importantly, you know, Graham deserved a chance. Ever since we've come back to individual workouts, his growth in a short period of time has been tremendous. His everyday focus and commitment on the field has been really good. And when I see that, 
I think my guys deserve opportunities to play, and he's done well in the last two games, and I'd like to see more of that. Do you see Beasler getting on the end of headers down there when he's in the game? Uh, the only time I remember Beasler getting on the end of a header was like three or four years ago. It was, it was like a late winner. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at Children's Graham Smith Park. got down there three times to make things happen. Like that's Icopara territory, dude. If that's something he can start converting, that's something we need in this lineup. I don't want to say Graham Smith's the savior, but if he starts putting those away, we're having a whole different conversation. Right. Yeah, I Beasler doesn't tip it. He's not usually the one that goes down to try to win headers unless no. it is like we need it in a late winner situation. And so neither that, is Punchets. So who is it? It's got to be Graham. It's Graham, and Graham's done it before. Graham's pretty mm-hmm. athletic. Graham can do it, and he can put it away because he's done it before. He's a big dude. It used to be Ike. Obviously, it's not Ike anymore. Um, big shoes to fill. Botans could could do it a bit, but he's obviously in Hungary. He's not here anymore. Um, so yeah, Graham Smith is is the is the big target center back on the set pieces at this point. Um, Punchech is it, man, the young kid. Give him a shot. He's hungry. Let the big dog eat. Punchech is supposed to be pretty athletic. Um, there were actually a lot of comparisons, you know, paralleling his athleticism to to Ike's. I just don't think we've seen it yet. He hasn't really been targeted on set pieces. We haven't seen him have a chance to really showcase that yet. So th- there is that potential there, but. Smith's put some away, so he can do it. We know that. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, as far as what's going on with Beasler, I think it might just be as simple as that, that first game where, where Beasler was in, in the lineup. It didn't play that well. I mean, the team as a whole didn't play that didn't well. Didn't he have words with Peter? Didn't they kind of get into it and kind of scrap a little bit? Peter was yelling at him at some point, and they showed it real quick. Now, I don't know if it was – I don't know if he back, right? got into it. I, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, now well, That's a good way to get benched. <laughs> well, so I would like to think that, like, Beasler's been here long enough that if he and Peter get into it, they can patch things up after the game and be like, heat of the moment, whatever. But, yeah. but Peter also is the type of guy who he's like, I don't care who, what the name on the back of your jersey is. If you're not playing as well as somebody else, you're out. Now, Beasley, so. it's happened to Beasley before. Familiar territory. Uh, can he work his way back in? I mean, time will tell. I because I see Graham Smith starting again on Thursday. If I'm being honest, I think it has to happen. Well, based on what Peter said, you know, talking about he's done well in the last two games, and I'd like to see some more of that. I don't, I don't see Graham Smith coming out of this lineup. Yeah. Because I mean, the the issues we had in like the group stage with uh, you know center backs kind of not being on the same page and people getting behind us, you know, calling for an offsides when it's not an offsides. That didn't happen in the Vancouver game, man. They were pretty – our center backs were pretty solid. Yeah. And and who knows why that is. It could just be, you know, right place, Vancouver, right time. for bad. It's, some of it's that. Um, <laughs> it could just be, for whatever reason at this moment, Smith and Punchet are vibing. And so roll with it while you can. Um, don't Don't mess with something. Now, I know a lot of people are worried about Peter sometimes has a tendency to fall into – well, this lineup's been working, so I'm just going to default to it rather than sort of game plan and try to figure out something else. Um, so there's always that concern that some people have, and I know people have especially been questioning Peter's substitution patterns over the last however many games. Um, but I don't know. I think people just got to relax. Whatever, man. If people are in the zone, I mean, back in the day, you you, you – 
if you needed a sub in like basketball or something, you, you tugged on your jersey. You know, you had someone there to come in for you to give you a little break. You don't see soccer players tugging at their jerseys. They, they want to be there. They're not ready to come out. They want to, you know, work hard and stay in the groove because soccer is all about how good you are in that moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're in a flow of things like Johnny Russell was, I don't know, man, could Johnny have played the, the whole 90 or is he thinking, was Peter thinking ahead? Like, ah, I really need to save some legs because if we win, we do play three and a half days later. Yeah. Now, I know, like, the, I was on after the game, and we'll talk about the shootout here in a second. I don't want people to think we've skipped over that. I was sort of on, like, the uh, – unpopular side as far as Peter Vermees and, and his substitution patterns after the game because I know a lot of people were like why isn't he subbing Keenda off he looks super tired why isn't he subbing this why isn't he subbing that and yes Keen up front let me just say Keenda looked exhausted but yeah it's almost like he went too hard too fast and that that may be but with Felipe's injury right now the, the midfield is not that that deep especially in the attacking midfield position we basically you got you got Kinda and you got Buzio, and that's about it. Um, now you could drop Polito back into more of a number ten role and bring Hurtado in to play striker if you really needed to, but that that that's a little different. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if if Peter's looking at like we need a goal here, and they're not giving us any sort of offensive threat against us. We don't have to worry about defense so much. 70% of Kinda might be a bigger offensive threat than 100% of Felipe Hernandez at this point. And, and it, I mean, that's just the type of stuff Peter's going to be weighing in his mind. So I know there's a lot of Felipe people out there, Felipe Hernandez people. I know there's a lot of people who are calling for rotation, but Peter sees a lot in practice. Peter sees a lot on the medical evaluations. Peter sees a lot of a lot of information that we don't have. So I just think I'm more inclined to trust Peter. I'm not saying trust him without ever questioning things, but I'm more inclined to trust his substitution patterns than people on Twitter who are mad thinking they know more than he does. A lot of those out there. So. Hey, something Peter said in his press conference today, uh, uh, you know, it's a little off topic here for a minute. He, he was asked about the resumption of the uh, season. Yeah. And he said, you know, that's the plan. And I, I assume something will be announced uh, in the next week or so. I was like, oh, shit. That's interesting. That's more information than we've got to date from anywhere else. Exactly. I mean, because, you know, Peter was like in the room where it happened, you know, talking about all this stuff. Like we know. Um, yeah. I, I mean, you know, I have to think though, given everything that's going on with Major League Baseball right now, because they're traveling around to home markets with no fans. And that's kind of the plan that, uh, MLS is reportedly considering. I mean, as of the time of this recording, I think there's 17 different people involved with the Miami Marlins, 15 of whom are players that have been tested positive for coronavirus. Their games have been suspended at least for the next week. The Philadelphia Phillies, who they played, their games are suspended pending uh, testing results. You got to um, have a bubble, dude. It doesn't work without the bubble. Well, and and even if there's like – even if you try to get it to work without the bubble, you, you gotta follow your own protocol because there was a report from the athletic that was saying that like, even after the Miami Marlins had their first like seven or eight reported uh, positive tests, 
that the players got together and, and the team got together and they are all like, yeah, it never even crossed our mind not to play. That's just not our mentality. And the league didn't step in and say, hey, well, time out. Maybe we got to press pause here. There's just this machismo sports mentality of like, got to push through no matter what. And it's like, mentality is not going to defeat through. coronavirus. Got to push through and infect as many people as right. possible. Like you can't, you're, you can't will your way to not being infected. Like that's yeah. not how it works. Um, it's crazy. Baseball, they won't see a whole season. I, I don't. I don't know I don't if think uh, there's any way. You know, uh, I don't know if NFL does either. I think that's kind of up in the air. But uh, I think basketball will because they're you know they're doing the Orlando thing too, kind of following soccer's lead. So I mean, if anything, like we said before, we had plenty of questions, and you can still question whether actually doing this tournament was the most wise decision or not. But yeah. but MLS has shown that even if you have a flare up like they had with Dallas and Nashville, if your protocols are good enough and you follow them and your players follow them and you keep things relatively contained, it can work. Now, now Jimmy, it sounds like you're, that, that's a bigger message to uh, preach to America. If you follow the protocols and listen, we can curb this thing. But this is America, masks, Jimmy. I, I don't take away my freedoms, what damn about it. my freedom? Yeah. How dare just, you make me wear a mask and cover my beautiful smile that my father paid braces for. How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I would much rather infect and kill dozens of people than wear a mask for a, you know, brief period of time, but Hey, you know, whatever. Some idiot um, just turned us off. Ugh, he's yeah, saying well, the things I, I need to hear. Bye. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the, uh, the shootout here for a bit. Oh boy. So, okay, going into this, we knew that Tim Melia is the best penalty kick stopper yeah. in MLS. Period. Hands down. Empirical evidence shows that's the case. Done. Uh, he was. And I kind of knew that Polito and Ilya were going to take the first two shots. It just kind of felt that way. I, you, you knew Polito was, and, and Polito actually looked kind of tired at, at the end of the game. Uh, but what, what gave that away? His stutter step gay <laughs> take? <laughs> well, I want to talk about that here in a second. But. There was no way Peter was going to take him out because you can't not have your best penalty taker take sure. He's in a winner go home situation. So, Sporting wins. I assume it was a coin toss. They didn't show it, but we're we're in goal first. Um, I thought we lost the coin toss. Did we? Because I thought they turned to Vancouver and Vancouver chose to. They they wanted to go to kick first, first or whatever it was. Really, that's strange because usually. You want to defend and go first because you kind of know. Do you? That's what I always thought. Then you kind of know oh. what the situation is when you're stepping up to it. I always thought you want to get on board first. You know what I mean? Maybe. Eh, different philosophies, I guess. You could make a case for either one. But I, I yeah. always liked defending first because then you're kind of like, okay, I, I basically know what I'm responding to. Right. Um, not that it really matters. You try to score every time anyway. But uh, Christian Dijon stepped up first for Vancouver and – he actually, he uh, he didn't even. Tim dove the right way. Tim wasn't going to get to it, but film no. just sent it off the woodwork. Just blasted the post, man. But you weren't in the Leifa Proud shirt. What is that? I am. Yeah, I'm wearing my work my work shirt. <laughs> That's a work shirt. That is cool, man. I got hashtag Leifa yeah. Proud. Yeah, very cool. But yeah, Kareemed off the post, and you were just like, "Hot damn, here we go! It, like, it's okay. starting." That's already you know plus one for Sporting KC because Alan Polito stepping up and, and there's no way Alan Polito's not scoring on Thomas Hassall and he did Hassall dirty. He did. Yeah, I saw bad. someone say he did the Joseph Martinez and I was like, don't do that. Don't eh, give that to Joseph. The Martinez, Martinez was way worse. 
he, this is, you know, this is, this is something, you know, this Ferrari style uh, penalty kick is not something that Joseph Martinez invented, but he did this little no. hop stutter step and then just casually like slowly dribbled the ball into the left corner after he sent Hassal going the other way. And uh, that was crazy. It was that was crazy, but good on Polito for switching it up because teams have seen him take PKs before. Yeah. So he's just like, let me show you something I haven't shown yet. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Owusu stepped up for, for Vancouver next. Um, he, Tim actually got a hand to this. I think Tim dove the right way every single time. Dude, Tim got a hand to all but one of them. Yeah. Tim, Tim dove the right way. Could have blocked it, but, you know, just got the one hand to it. Couldn't quite get it. So it's, it's 1-1. Ilya steps up, like you said. Um, it honestly wasn't a great penalty kick and probably should have been saved. Hassal got two hands to it, and he just couldn't punch it out. He uh, did. That was crazy. Yeah, a little case of the limp wrist there. Not a big deal. <laughs> but uh, it worked. And then Tim Melia, uh, next penalty kick for Vancouver, like not even a big deal. And, and what's weird is, I don't remember who took this for Vancouver, Tim was already cheating to that side of the goal, and then he kind of took a step to that side of the goal before the penalty was actually taken, and, and the Vancouver player still sent it that way. Tim didn't yeah. even have to dive. The player could have changed his mind, but he was just intent on kicking it there. And Tim was just like, thank you. Tim basically just <laughs> he, he like stood went up. to a knee and stood up and just acted, just kept walking. No big deal. Walked away. <laughs> stood right up, yeah. right out of a lunge. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, Sporting KC missed their next penalty kick. Um, who took that one? It's not on MLS. Oh, Daniel Shallowy got saved. It was Shallowy. He got saved, yeah. Shallowy couldn't, couldn't put it and away. And I felt like it was going to. Like, I just had that feeling. I was like, Shallowy hasn't even been on the field that much. I don't know how confident he is. So there yeah. you go. But then um, – Telegraphed the hell out of it. He did, yeah. But then uh, Melia, again, uh, Vancouver telegraphing which way they're going to go. Melia dives, punches the ball away. He's oh, got suddenly three, three missed uh, penalties. Um, if you were falling asleep during the game at all, you were up for the penalties. And I'm yeah. speaking from experience because my wife fell asleep and I was like, you better wake the fuck up right now. I need you. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, young Gianluca Buzio stepped up. This was only the fourth penalty kick for Sporting KC. It could have, I mean, they still had another player who was, who was set to take some. But Buzio, man, Hassal dove the right way. And this was a good penalty. Upper 90, right side with power, with accuracy. Buzio puts it away. Sporting KC wins uh, on penalty kicks, advancing to play Philadelphia on Thursday. It's pretty so, cool, man. Feels good. Um, Philadelphia, they're, they're pretty good. They, they beat New England 1-0. They were the ones who I said in our pre-tournament sort of preview show, I actually picked Philadelphia to win the tournament. Um, that doesn't mean I'm picking them to beat Sporting KC necessarily, but you did. You did pick that. It's uh, it's unfortunate that you did, but you did. <laughs> I didn't know at the time that we'd end up playing them, but uh, Philadelphia is good. They're a good. Yeah, but team. if you could, if you put the numbers and how we've fared with shots and shots on goal and you know successful passes or whatever, we're a better team when you line up the numbers like that. So, yeah, I think we get the victory, man. I'm feeling good about it. It's, it's possible. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think if, you know, on paper, technically, I think Sporting KC is the better side. Um, 
But Philadelphia, Philadelphia is a, a good team. Um, you know, Montero is, is very good. Um, they have a number of really good international players whose names I, I can't ever pronounce, but uh, Prisbilko, I think is how you say it. He's a very good forward as well. Um, sure, and you got Bedoya on there, who's always a pretty big force. Elcino, Bedoya, yeah, Andre Blake. They're, they're a solid side. So how, how sure. are you feeling going into this game? No, I do feel good. I think we'll be ready to go. It concerns me that they have a, a they have a day extra of rest, so that sucks. Because um, body, you can't really speed up your healing. I mean, your body heals when your body heals. You can try to help right. it along, but it's it's going to be interesting to see uh, see if we just look tired. Why? Because we played an eleven o'clock local time game. What yeah. is this? What is wanna... midnight soccer? I want to know if that's the – I mean, it has to be the first game that Sporting KC or the Kansas City Wizards have ever it played is. that started on one day and ended on another. They said it was the latest game they've ever played in club history, just as the 9 a.m. game was the earliest in club history. It's like – It's wild. I don't get it. Uh, just to appease the networks or something? Like, trust me, FS1, no one's up watching this game anyways. It's 10 o'clock. People right. are going to bed. Us diehards are up. That's about it. Yeah. So – Thankfully, the game on Thursday is at 7 p.m. Central Time. That's Thank a much, the Lord. much more Dan-friendly time. No extra time. No, <laughs> uh, you know, go straight to PK. So it's, it's on, it off. It's on ESPN. So we have no fake crowd noise. No crowd noise. Make so your own. That'll be good. Um, so you think we get the win? I do. I do. I feel good about it. I, I feel like we're making Final Four. Uh, the players want to win this competition, dude. Graham Smith was like, sure, I miss home. Uh, but I, I'm a guy who stays in my room all the time anyways. So here I am. Let's win this thing. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, like, I would like to think we get the win too. I, I'm not as confident as you are as, as just being like, yep, we're going to win. I, I think don't want to pick a score. I don't want to do that. Right. It, it might go to PKs, in right. which case Andre Blake and Tim Melia will put on a freaking masterclass. What, what I am confident in saying, and, and I will probably be proven wrong, because that's how this tournament will go. I'm pretty confident that this isn't going to be like a multi-goal victory or blowout. Like this is going to be a good game. It's like Whoever, a one-nil type situation, huh? Well, well, I mean, like I, it, it could be like a two-one or, or a three-two. I don't know. Like I'm not saying it won't necessarily be multiple goals are scored. I just oh. don't think it's going to be like one team wins by multiple goals. Multi-goal victory. Hey, yeah. we might not score a damn goal at all if uh, Sunday was any indication. Yeah. <laughs> so I, now I do think. I don't want people to get too worried about that. Obviously it's not ideal, but like if it becomes a trend, obviously that's something to worry about, but based off of one game, sometimes things just happen like that. Sure. Sometimes we had a game like that against Orlando a few years ago. We had the most shots in history and, and couldn't put one away till like the very end or something. Right. Sometimes a keeper just has a hell of a game and you know, there, there were some decent shots. The finishing could have been better, but there were some decent shots and Hassal just did a good job. So yeah. I'm not worried about what's wrong with the offense. Um, no, I, I'm not either, but it's, yeah. it's just, it sucks to think about it. It's a, it's a plot hole. You could put in there a little plot twist. Yeah. Um, let's answer a couple other questions before we talk about some of the other MLS's back uh, outcomes and, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, Travis asked, does Winston Reed actually exist? Um, I don't know who that is. 
<laughs> Winston Reed does exist. He's with the team. He's available for selection. I think it's just one of those things where it's like he's never played an actual game with Sporting KC before. He's he's yeah. coming off of injuries still. Like I don't know that it's a good time necessarily to put him into a starting lineup, and he just happens to play a position that doesn't rotate as much. So I don't see Punchich coming out, and I don't see Smith coming out, and if one of them does come out, it's probably going to be for Beasley. So, yeah, it's a, uh, you know, why put Winston Reed in a situation where we could be eliminated if you don't have to, you know what now, I mean? Now, if we do get more MLS regular season, I think absolutely we will see Winston Reed in some games starting. There will just be more rotation. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. But, you know, right now, system ain't broke. Don't yeah. fix it. Yeah. Connor Bateman asks, uh, Kyrie felt invisible Sunday night, hoping just an off night, uh, or was that the way Vancouver played everyone packed in the box? It felt packed, right? It felt like Kyrie didn't have a whole lot of room to work. Um, he was still fast as hell. He was still beating people to run away balls and earning a few corner kicks here and there. So yeah. I don't think he had a bad game. But just because no. he didn't get on the scoreboard, it, it's, it's easy to say he's invisible, you know? And he actually had a pretty good defensive game in a lot of ways. There weren't a lot yeah. of defensive opportunities, but he was, he was tracking back. He was, he was bodying oh, some quit. white caps off the ball. Um, Zussi, I thought, had a really great game. And there were some times that Zussi got up forward, and so Kyrie kind of actually stayed back to let Zussi do his thing. So I'm pretty sure Zussi ran 120 yards to get that freaking <laughs> – that, that cross that you said he yeah. settled nice and, and it got blocked. I was just like, where did he come from? Yeah. He just ran a football field. I guarantee it. Zussi is Zussi might be the best player in MLS at just putting his foot up and stopping a ball mid-flight on the spot. That's pretty ballsy. I mean, it, for one, if I do that, I'm not making contact. It's going to go right over my foot, <laughs> and I'm going to be like, hamstring. oh, oh shit, I gotta go get it. Ah, my hip. Uh, or, you know, I don't have heavy touches, but I, I just miss it completely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Zussi, I thought he had a great game. I wouldn't worry too much about Kyrie. I think it was just a combination of Johnny was more involved, oh, yeah. so Kyrie didn't have to be as involved. Zussi I think Kyrie was comes more hot forward. Thursday, man. Yeah. Um, Dusty Reed says, do you think there will be any starting changes for Thursday? Um, starting changes. Do you no. think Kinda comes out and Busio goes on? That's the only one that I'm wondering about. Yeah. Um, I do think Kinda looked a little tired. I, I think that there is a possibility. Peter definitely trusts Buzio, so I think there is a possibility mm -hmm. that, that he might say, hey, let's get Buzio in there to start, and then we can have Kinda off the bench, bring some energy. That's what he likes doing with Gerso as well, bring that energy and that I think, speed off the bench. I think Russell starts again because Gerso just brings a whole different kind of fire, man, uh, to bring him in like that. It's crazy. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's how that goes. Um, and then Eric Martinez asks, uh, his question is basically, um, you know, are you worried about like exposure of SKC's game plan and substitutions? Um, you know, do you think you will adjust anything or do you think uh, teams will see the same repeating game plan and, and be able to plan for it basically? So, uh, I mean, it's, it's always changing. I mean, he's not gonna have the same game plan, right? I mean, you gotta adjust your competition and try to fool them and, and fix your tactics a little bit but at the same time you can have team tactics and then you have player tactics I mean we've said time and again how Johnny likes to split defenders and defenders notice that Gerso yeah. um, likes to take guys one-on-one -on -one. so does Kyrie yeah. um, so it's I, I don't know if how much how, how many tactics does Peter really have you know 
I think he's got more than than people notice. I just don't yeah. think like sometimes when we're people not going to pack the bus, you know, we're not right. going to be uh, overly conservative. We're going to go hard. We're going to press. Right. Sometimes when people say when they talk tactics, they're actually talking things like formation. Like, no, we're not going to change the formation. Mm-hmm. It's going to come out. and It's going to be that same four three three. Peter's not going to come out in a five three two or anything like that. But. That doesn't mean, and, and, and Sporting Casey's always going to have that that high high press, high energy style. That doesn't mean there aren't nuances within that formation, within that high press that change that very game to game. If he sees, you know, a mismatch on the right side with Kyrie versus whoever the left back is, they might play more through the right side. If he sees a mismatch in the midfield, they might play more through Buzio or Kinda. Like they have these nuanced game plans that, and, and those can vary mid game. Mm-hmm. So, for sure. I, you know, I think. I don't think we're changing much, though, when it's, you know, it's working and we just had like an ungodly amount of shot attempts. Right. Like, let's do that again. Let's make Andre Blake stand on his head because I'm not sure Andre Blake has the kind of game that Vancouver's keeper did. Hopefully not. And and, and I think yeah. that's also part of the substitution pattern stuff, too, that, that people question is whether Peter wants to admit it or not. If he expects to move on, he's going to be thinking about, okay, how will what I do now affect what's happening in the next game? Sure. So it might be that I'm not putting in Felipe Hernandez yet because maybe I might need him on Thursday and I fully expect us to win here. Or I don't know. So Hell of a player, dude. Felipe Hernandez. That kid is uh, a kid's big time. When yeah. he came in at the end of the RSL game, was it? Yeah. So he's, I'm excited, but you know, we'll see. Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Time, ESPN, SKC versus Philly. It's going to be great. Um, I feel feeling good, feeling good. As of the time of this recording, there are still a couple of games that haven't been completed. We don't know if Portland or Cincy is moving on to face NYCFC, although I think most people probably assume it'll be Portland. You would assume so, but this is a weird tournament. It is. It's a weird competition. We also don't know if Columbus or Minnesota is moving on to face San Jose. That feels like it's a crapshoot, either one. That should be a great game. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Um, San Jose demolished RSL 5-2. to two. RSL got two red cards. One, mm. Silva had a terrible tackle, so that was a deserved red card. The other one was Kyle Beckerman being a little shit, like Kyle Beckerman is, kicked the ball at the ref, and he got a red yeah, card. Yeah, but not hard kick. It was just a little just but, a little bitty tap. But he knew what he was doing. Yeah, but he, like, lobbed it into the referee's back. And if right. the referee was like – I mean, he, also, he didn't say, like – Total accident. So sorry, bro. No, he knew, he knew what was happening right sure. away. But the game was all but over. He's like, man, I got I to gotta get the hell out of here. Like, this is <laughs> – it's not going to carry over to the next game because they're done. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would, I would expect that if there is a regular season, whatever red cards MLS will just decide they'll carry over. I don't think you can do that because these aren't regular season games. These don't count as points. I, I, it's MLS. They'll come up with ways. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. <laughs> I, all. All card accumulation right now should not go to the regular season because it's not technically regular season games. Yeah, but then you have people who could just count. You could just have people and they're getting red cards just to mess with people. And I, 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 it doesn't yeah. bother me if they if they carry it over. So, it's an MLS. It's an MLS made up tournament, so they can make MLS made up rules to carry over red card suspensions. People could say Champions League's a BS tournament too. But those don't carry over. That's a different tournament run by a different entity. You're a different entity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
LAFC wiped Seattle off the face of the planet, four to one. It wasn't even close, and they don't even have the best player, Carlos Vela. I saw a gif that said Stephen Fry right now. They're everywhere. (laughs) Xavier Arriaga, the center back for Seattle, is not good. He was just messing up left and right, giving up goals left and right. Um, And then maybe the surprise of the tournament outside of Cincinnati, but Orlando beat Montreal 1-0. Yeah, someone needs to knock Orlando out because this – they play LAFC you know, next. Get the, yeah, get so. their dreams out of here. <laughs> and Dom Dwyer's gone, right? Didn't he have to leave for an injury or something? He, I, I don't know, actually. Maybe he might have. I just, you know, are we going to get another weird halftime interview with Will Ferrell, like, putting on a race helmet and his family eating corn on the cob in the background? Like, they keep wanting to bring him on. Whatever so. we got to do, man. Whatever needs to happen. I, uh, he's a big name who wants to be involved. So, I, if they can do it, I'm sure they'll do it. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see. But MLS is back. It's, uh, it's a weird tournament. But, I mean, I think people would be lying if they didn't say it's, it's not an entertaining tournament. It's entertaining if your team's still in it. I mean, this is, this is great, man. I'm not done watching yet. Right. So, 538's latest proje- projections for tournament winner. LAFC have boosted up to 33%. Whew. NYCFC is at 13% in second place. I still think they overvalue NYCFC. Uh, Philly, 12%. SKC, 10%. San Jose, 10%. And Columbus, 6%. Well, now you got to just hope Orlando takes out LAFC. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got to hope. I mean, I love a good upset like that. And, uh, you know, meaning that hopefully we, if we make it all the way, we wouldn't be playing LAFC in the final. If you're rooting for Team Chaos, then that's what you want to have happen. 100%. If- if you're rooting for anti-anything Orlando, which I think is also a valid position to take, you're rooting for LAFC. But I don't know. Um, I feel you. It's just, we'll see. But we'll find out all starting uh, Thursday. Is that when, is it, I think that's when, that's when our game is for sure. I think that's when the next round starts. But um, should be a fun one, man. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. So I'm excited to not be falling asleep during it. It'll be great. <laughs> you, uh, you got anything else for our good listeners before we, we sign off for the week? Uh, sure don't, man. Sure don't. Oh, hey. Uh, at a time, Outfitters has the uh, Wizards uh, wristband back in stock. There so, you go. People, go they were sold out. Outfitters. Uh, yeah, they were sold out. So at a time, Outfitters.com. I'd say use the no other pod coupon code, but I think that's only 10% off. And I think they're running a 20% off sale right now. So go do yourself a favor and, and track down that 20% off code. That's mm-hmm. probably someone else's code. Just put in the comments or something that you got there because you listen to us and you like us. There you go. <laughs> Not that we make any money, but I just, you know, it'd be and nice know, to know. They yeah. only sold out because the uptick of wizards wristbands were getting sold. I hope know? so. I mean, that makes I think sense because of us. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. They're cool, man. And the stickers, I know some of our listeners have started to buy the stickers. So. Yeah, absolutely. Throw them on some stop signs or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's a good deal. Probably in, in Olathe. I'm sure city employees would love that. They would, yeah. Um, find, Olathe proud. find an RSL fan, give them some SKC stickers. There um, you go. Man, I'm so glad RSL is out. They're my least favorite team. Yeah, so. Kyle Beckerman's kind of the worst. I just, yeah, I want to punch him in the face. I never liked uh, Ramondo either, but he's not there anymore. So it's like, all right, a little better. Yeah, yeah. So 
Anyway, um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, make sure you leave us that five-star rating and review and check out Added Time Outfitters. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NoOtherPod, at Dane Guzer, at JCMax03. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NoOtherPod. And shoot us an email, NoOtherPod at gmail.com. But until next time, hopefully we'll be back. Uh, when's, I don't remember when the game is after Thursday. We might do another weird schedule. Uh, but if hopefully. we win Thursday, uh, they'll play – the following Wednesday. So we'll be all right. Okay. So we'll be good. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll be back next week with a, another victory pod and on to the, uh, the semifinals. But until then, he's Dan. I'm Jimmy. We'll catch y'all later. See ya. Olay the Proud. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.